I'm a bit of a ponderer. Um, I, I like to sit and think about things for a while. And um, quite often, Nerida will ask me, uh, when we're sitting on the couch, I'm just having a moment, you know, just glazed over, and she'll say, what are you thinking about? Yeah, that dreaded question, guys. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Because whenever she asks me that question, I always have one of two responses, and they're total opposites, ends of the spectrum. It'll either be nothing. <laughs> and she'll say, well, how can you be thinking about nothing? You've got to be thinking about something. And I'll be like, no, I've got nothing, nothing. It's like when, you know what it's like, guys, you, you're sitting there watching a TV show for an hour and a half and your wife walks in and says, oh, what's this about? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've been watching it for an hour and a half. What's it about? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I've been drifting off. So that's, that's one of my responses. On one end, it's like, what do you think about? Oh, well, nothing. And on the other end of the spectrum, she'll, be, she'll say, what are you thinking about? And I'll be like, do you think there'll be toilets in heaven? <laughs> she'll be like, where'd that come from? But it's just... Uh, I, I think about things sometimes. Sometimes I'm thinking about nothing and sometimes I, I'm, I'm just pondering these, these mysteries of life. And I'm actually going to start a file uh, on my computer, I reckon, and I'm going to call it Help Me Understand. Help Me Understand. Some of the questions in life that, that we all wrestle with and we all want answers for, but it's, it's, it can be sometimes hard to find those answers and, and help me understand. So I've thought of a few of them this morning. And the first thing is, uh, that, I, that I ponder on sometimes and, and I just can't get an answer for, maybe you can help me, is help me understand how this stuff, we're going to throw up that first picture, how is this pronounced quinoa when it's obviously spelt kunawa? Kunawa. I don't get that. Like, someone has five babies, they're called quintuplets, aren't they? Not quintuplets, they're quintuplets. This is, this is quinoa. It's quinoa. Quinoa. Another, another thing is, help me understand how ripped jeans... The more you pay for a pair of jeans, the more they're shredded apart. <laughs> and, and I see these ripped jeans that are, you pay $180 for when, when there's some perfectly good ones in Target for $35 with no holes in them. Help, help me understand that. I don't understand that. Help me understand when optional oils became essential. I don't get that. You know, years ago when you had a headache, you'd pop a couple of Panadol and, and you'd lie down and go away. But now you, you get this oil, you dab a bit behind your ears and wait an hour and then you have two Panadol and lie down and it goes away. <laughs> and help me understand how eating foods full of preservatives doesn't make me live longer. The theory is solid full of preservatives, preserve the body. 
Hey? Thanks, Lynn Stewart, for that picture of Rob. We appreciate that one. But believe it or not, Pastor Chris was probably thinking, where is this going? Who is this guy? Who gave him the microphone? But believe it or not, I actually do have some serious things that I'll ponder as well. You know, they're, they're just some of the, the fun, crazy things that, that mess with my mind sometimes. But there's other things that I ponder as well. And that is, help me understand how we have all the ta- time-saving devices and appliances than we've ever had in history, yet we've never been so time poor. Yeah. And never been so pressed and rushed and stressed for time help me understand how one in three Australians suffer from anxiety yet we live in one of the most blessed countries on the planet help me understand that and probably one of the bigger things I struggle with and, and ponder is help me understand how in Australia Regular church attendance is classed as one church service a month. Once a month, it's considered regular attendance in church. One and a half hours per month. Someone is considered a regular attender in church. Help me understand that. I mean, when, when did, was investing an hour and a half a month into anything can it be worthwhile? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you think about your physical health. If you invested one and a half hours a month into fitness and, and exercise, you, you couldn't say you were serious about your physical health, could you? No. If you ate one healthy meal a month. You, you wouldn't say that you're serious about your, your health of your body. If you invested one and a half hours a month in your family, you, you wouldn't be expecting this great healthy relationship with your kids and your spouse. Yeah. Yet somehow many of us feel that if we invest one and a half hours a month into our spiritual journey, somehow we're going to live the the blessed, overcoming, prosperous life that the Bible says that we can have. So I've called this message today, invest in the best, your local church. Invest in the best, your local church. And look, this is, this is not going to be one of those um, finger wagging, you need to be in church more often kind of kind of messages because they don't really help because people that need to hear them aren't here in church. This, this, is, this is meant to, uh, my heart in this message is to encourage you in the value of being in church regularly, yeah. Ma- making the effort to be in church every week. See, I think too often we overlook and underestimate what can happen in our lives just by being in church. Yeah. There's a lot happens in church that we don't even realise until we're not there. And when I think about it, I think, why wouldn't we want to be in church every week? Why wouldn't you want to be there? Where else 
Where else in all of society, where else can you come every week, spend an hour and a half and walk out feeling encouraged, inspired, full of faith, ready to take on another week? Where else does that happen? Look, honestly, I can say with, with absolute conviction, in 22 and a half years of attending church every week, I have never walked out of a church service not feeling better than what I walked in. And many of those 22 and a half years was before barista coffee and comfy seats. (laughs) Remember the hard plastic seats, the red seats we used to sit in, ceiling fans, Nescafe and styrofoam cups? We had all of that, yet every single week I'd still walk out feeling so encouraged. Ready to to take on another week, feeling blessed just for being in church. Where else in all of society do we see all the generations coming together and all the different genres of the community coming together on a regular basis, connecting with one another, being a blessing to one another? Where else does that happen? I love it. I love seeing Neville and Daphne getting around the the, the new mums and and praying over the new little babies in the church. I love seeing the the Teen Challenge boys connecting with the businessmen in the church and and youth and families and all the different genres and all the different generations all coming together every week. Where else in all of society does that happen? might be somewhere, but I don't know. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Where else can you come and hear real answers to real problems but in church? Where else can you come and spend an hour and a half every week and have have kingdom principles and godly values built into your family and built into your life and built into your home? Where else can you come and do that but in church? Come on. You know, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is very clear that we are building our life on one of two foundations, either the rock or the sand. And he's very clear in saying that when you hear these words of mine and put them into practice, not just hearing, but and putting them into practice, you're going to build your life on a rock that will never be shaken. The, the, the rain might come and the, the, the streams might rise and, and you'll hit storms, but you're going to stand through all of that. And by being in church, we hear these things. We, we, we get these values and, and kingdom principles instilled into our life every week. It's described as a house of joy, a stairway to heaven. It's a house that Jesus said he would build. It's the bride of Christ, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It's a house of prayer for all nations. In Luke 15, it's described as a house of music and dancing, salvation and forgiveness. I am convinced that the local church is the hope of the world. And we get to be a part of it every week. How good is that? It's God's vehicle for bringing the heart of heaven to all mankind. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says that now his intent, God's intent was that now through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. His intent was through the church. Everyone would know the goodness of heaven. Not through the government. Not through one person's special ministry. But through the church. Through you and I, through gatherings like this, through, through what you and I can achieve together, that's what God wants to use to show the world his manifold wisdom. Oh, church, we need to never underestimate or overlook the value of just being in church. Because we, we can get offended by it. We can get bored with it. We can, we can just not turn up. We can neglect it. We can totally underestimate it. But I, I want to encourage you this morning. And I want to remind you this morning to invest in the best, your local church. Because when we choose to invest, when we choose to be planted in God's house, the promise of God's word is that we will flourish. Yeah. Our lives will flourish. Because each, each and every one of us, every one of us, our life, it's, it's like a seed, a seed full of potential that can grow anywhere, can do anything. But when we choose to take that seed and plant it in God's house, we're planting it in soil that's got a future. We're planting it in a place that, that's going to cause us to flourish and grow and be fruitful even in old age. And I love that. And yes, I know there's, there's a, a lot of places that we can invest in our spiritual journey outside of, of Sunday church. There's life groups and, and journaling and clean heart and all of that. And I'm all for that. But I believe that we quite often underestimate the value of just being in church. Yeah, I've always believed that um, I actually had a vision one, one time during um, praise and worship, just worshipping God and just, just a normal Sunday service, just being there, just worshipping with everyone else. And, and it was like God gave me this picture of just like this gentle rain that was just in that atmosphere uh, that night. And it was like God reminding me that just by being in church, the atmosphere of praise and worship, the anointing that, that happens when God's people join together and praise Him, it's like this gentle rain that keeps your heart soft. Because, you know, the Bible talks about our heart, but like the parable of the soil, the condition of our heart determines how we're going to receive God's Word. And when our heart, the soil of our heart is just in this environment, and that gentle rain is regularly just keeping us soft. We receive God's word and we're soft towards the things of God. But, but when we're not in the environment, when we're away from, from the gathering of the believers, our heart just slowly starts to harden up. We don't even realise it doesn't happen in one week. It doesn't even happen in one month. But over time, our heart starts to harden up towards the word of God and the things of God. So I want to encourage you. Being in church matters. And when I read my Bible, I see that, that even Jesus, he placed incredibly high value on being in church every week. Back then it was called a synagogue. 
In Jesus' day, it was called a synagogue. See, see the, the Jewish believers in, in Jesus' day, they had the temple and the temple was in Jerusalem and that's, where, that's represented where the presence of God was. That's where they would do sacrifices and, and there'd be special uh, feasts and festivals that they would go there for. But the week-to-week prayer and worship and the teaching of the rabbis, that was all done in the local synagogues, which we would call today our local church. And Jesus placed incredibly high value on being in those synagogues, in those local churches. And I've just been looking at it recently about the, the ministry that Jesus did in the local church. And man, there's a, the, the Bible records a lot of good things that Jesus did in the local church that I see that he's still doing in church today. So I want to have a, I want to have a look at three of these things this morning. Three things that, that I see Jesus ministering in the local church there, that he's still ministering in our local church today in 2019. Is this all right? Is this making sense? Great. First thing that I see Jesus does in the local church is number one, he brings revelation. Revelation. Luke 4, 16 to 21 says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, "This Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And when I read that, I I can't help but think, you know what, God could have chosen... Any, any number of ways to declare who Jesus was. Like James is saying this morning, he, he could have made him king where he had this big public, public announcement of who he was. Yet God chose the reading of scripture in a local synagogue to declare who Jesus was. And I believe that he's still using the reading of scripture in the local church yeah. to bring revelation of who he is and what he does today. Come on. Come on. And we might have a lot of different names for it today. We, we might call it the reading of scripture. We might call it a sermon. We might call it preaching. We, we might have all these different names, but God's got one name for it and it's called opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Opportunity to, to Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us who God is and what God does. That happens in local church. Man, oh, we underestimate how much revelation we receive from this platform. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, God's speaking to us and we're just sitting there, oh yeah, oh, it's not a bad message. Oh, I didn't really like this bit. Oh, I didn't mind that bit. And we're missing the opportunity that God brings of bringing revelation to our heart of who he is and what he does. Oh, I want to encourage you this morning. Be expecting 
God to bring revelation every time you're in church. I've received revelation from messages in church that have just, they've changed my life. I remember uh, one time when Pastor Chris preached a message uh, from Hebrews chapter 7 about Jesus being the high priest in the order of Melchizedek and how that he is eternally uh, mediating and intercessing on our behalf before the Father. And it, it changed my life. It, changed, it totally changed the way that I prayed. It brought about a security in my salvation that I never had before I heard that, me- that message. And God revealed to me through that message good things in my life. And Damien Byrne, I I still remember when Damien Byrne gave a a giving message about uh, the the channel country, how the channel country in Western Queensland is made up of all these little, little creeks and streams that all come together to create this wall of water that goes down to Lake Eyre and, and brings life and, and, and to this barren place. And he said, you know, our giving is like that. All our individual giving, it's all added up and it all comes together and, and God makes it this flood that brings life to our community. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. It was revelation. To me, it changed the way that I, when I give my tithe, I give with so much faith and expectation, knowing and believing that God is going to use that now. And it came from a revelation in church. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I want to encourage you. Jesus brought revelation of who he was in the synagogue back then, and he's bringing revelation of who he is and what he does in local church every week. Second thing I see that Jesus does, the first thing is revelation. Second thing I see is Jesus brings restoration. Mark chapter 3 verse 1, it tells us, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And it goes on in verse 5 to say that Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and he was completely restored. Church is a place where Jesus wants to restore shriveled things in our lives. Church is a place that not only does he want to bring revelation, but he wants to bring restoration and healing to so many things. And look, I've never seen a shriveled hand restored in church, but I've seen lots of people healed. I've seen legs grow. I've seen lots of good things happen in local church. I remember one time when I was in Indonesia on a missions trip and we were in church one Sunday night and this lady brought her her baby to us to pray for her baby and the baby was dying. It had uh, typhus and it was just this limp, pale baby in her arms and and so we prayed for this baby and, uh, and she left and Look, I wish I could say that I was, I was the man of faith and, and that I was really believing. But you know, to be honest, it was, it was the end of a long day. It was a hot day. There were so many people praying for her. She was just someone else in the line and, and she went away and I never even actually thought too much more about it. And the next day, the next morning, we're on our minibus ready to leave that church and this lady came running up holding up her baby to the bus. And this baby was completely healed. Wow. Yeah. Completely healed. Happy, 
healthy, smiling, colour. It was just this, this healed little baby. And I think Jesus wants to restore shriveled and broken things in our lives. And he uses the local church to do that. He uses local church ministry to do that. I've seen it time and time again. Shriveled marriages restored. Distorted family relationships healed. Crippled destinies having new life and vision breathed back into them. Shriveled souls and emotions being healed and made whole. What's shriveled in your life that you need the touch of Jesus on this morning? What's happening in your world where you just need Jesus to lay his hand on you? I want to encourage you, you've positioned yourself in the right place to receive that restoration just by being in church. Maybe it's your relationship with your children. Maybe it's the view of yourself that needs restoring. Maybe how you view yourself right now is is distorted and shriveled and God wants to bring healing to that. Maybe your view on finances has kept you crippled and bound up for a long time and, and Jesus wants to heal you of that and restore you of that. Maybe you had a vision or a calling or a sense of what God wanted you to do that that over the years has just dried up and shriveled. I want to encourage you, Jesus wants to restore that in you this morning. He wants to heal you of that today. He wants to bring healing and wholeness to your life. And the local church ministry is a place that he does that all the time, all the time. So come on, church, let's be expecting Jesus to bring some restoration this morning. Let's be expecting Jesus to to bring healing and wholeness to some shriveled and crippled areas of our our body, soul and spirit this morning. And the last thing I want to look at is Jesus brings elimination to the local church. He brings revelation, he brings restoration and he brings the elimination of bondages and burdens on our lives. Luke 13, verse 10 to 13, says one Sabbath day while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, teaching in the synagogue, he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. She'd been crippled and had been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had left her unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her condition, He called her over and gently laid his hand on her. Then he said to her, dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. Instantly she stood up straight and tall and overflowed with glorious praise to God. I tell you, church, Sunday mornings is a place where Jesus wants to bring revelation. He wants to bring restoration and he wants to bring elimination of bondages and burdens that have been keeping us bound up and bent over for too long. And nearly every week we see people in this church straightening up and praising God as they're being released from these things that have been keeping them bound up. We see people straighten up and praise God. When the burden of sin is lifted off their life, we see people straighten up 
And praise God when the bondage of addiction is broken over people's lives. We see people straighten up and praise God when the, when the weight of anger and hate and, and it's just causing this, this burden and bondage to be carried around for way too long. I know the, the testimony of my own brother, Cameron, down in Warren. His testimony that, that he, he shares is he became a Christian uh, and gave his heart to Jesus about, about two years after I did, 18 months or two years after I did. And we were in a church service at Moffat Street one Sunday night. And the, the opportunity was given to give your heart to Jesus. And, and uh, the, the pastor said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, come out the front and we'll do that. And, and I'm standing with my eyes closed, praying and praying. And, and he gives me this elbow in the ribs and he said, well, you coming out with me or what? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. And so we went out the front and, and his testimony is that when he gave his heart to Jesus... He literally felt like he rose two inches because he had been carrying around this burden and this weight of hate and anger for years. And he didn't even know it was there. He did not even know that he was carrying this thing. Yet when he came to Jesus, this burden was lifted off. And now he spends his life Sowing into people and encouraging people and lifting people up. Jesus is into elimination of burdens and bondages in the local church. So I want to encourage you, church. Let's never underestimate the value of being in church. If I can have the keyboard player up, it'd be great. Thanks. Never underestimate what Jesus can do in your life just by being in church, just by being in that atmosphere of praise and worship where we're all together. We give God opportunity to do great things in our life. Imagine, imagine a church that turned up every week. Man, three services wouldn't cut it. Imagine a church where people are are coming expecting a revelation from God every week from the Word. I tell you what, it'd take the pressure off the preacher. If people are coming expecting, God, what are you going to say to me today? God, what are you going to reveal to me today? God, what do you got in store for me today? God, I really need a Word. What's, What's going to come through today? I'm looking for a God. I'm expecting a God. Imagine a church where everyone came every week just just believing God for restoration in different areas of their life. Oh God, I can't wait to see what you're going to restore today. Oh God, I I can't wait to see how I'm going to feel when I walk out of church here today. I can't wait to see the the, the healing you're going to bring to my soul. I can't wait to see this vision that you've planted to see just just watered and, and given you life. Oh God. I'm so looking forward to Sunday. Yeah. Come on. Imagine everyone coming to church on a Sunday morning, believing Jesus to lift burdens off their life. Oh God, you know what's happening in my family. You know what's happening with my children. You know the burden I'm carrying right now. You know the financial pressure I'm under. You know the business stress that I've got right now. But God, I'm believing. 
I'm believing for an elimination of those burdens to be lifted off my life. And I know you're going to do it today. I know you're going to show me something today. I know you're going to lift something today. I know, God, that you're going to bless me today. And I come to church expectant. Imagine a church like that. Imagine when the community hears about a church like that. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who wouldn't want to lay down everything they had and and come to hear about this Jesus who does these things? That's the church Pastor Chris sees. Pastor Sue, that's the church I see. And we get an opportunity to be that church every week by the decisions we make and the choices we have and the attitudes we carry. Every week we have an opportunity for that. I just want to finish with these application questions. I love these application questions that Pastor Chris throws in. They, they just really bring it home. These application questions. Number one, am I expecting a revelation from the Holy Spirit when I come to church? Or does he have to punch it into me like a computer? Man, come on, come on. I'm trying to talk to you. Get in there, come on. Or are we coming expectant? God, I'm ready. I'm ready. What are you going to say? Impress me, God. Impress me. When was the last time I had a shriveled or crippled area of my life restored by Jesus? Yes, salvation is the word sozo, meaning healed and made whole. We're on this journey of healing and wholeness. That we're ne- that's never going to end until the day we enter heaven. So as long as we're on this journey of healing and wholeness, we've still got things that we need to touch a Jesus on. Number three, am I carrying burdens to church that Jesus could lift and eliminate in a moment? Am I allowing Jesus to lift these things? Number four, do I truly understand the opportunity I have for God to do something great in my life every time I'm in church. Do I truly understand that? Am I making the most of that opportunity? I want to pray for us this morning. I want to ask you just to close your eyes. Father, I want to thank you that you are a good God. I want to thank you that you've chosen this amazing group of people called the church to display your wisdom your manifold wisdom and your power and Father I I pray that you help us understand the opportunities that we have every week to meet with you to hear from you, to be healed by you to have things lifted off by you and Father I, I thank you for doing that right now right now I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you help us to see the potential that we have every week. And just while every eyes closed, maybe you're here today. And maybe you're new to all this church thing. Maybe it's you've been brought by a friend or maybe you've just got some things happening in your life right now where you thought maybe church can help me. And you've heard this message about this Jesus 
who brings revelation and restoration and lifts burdens. And, and there's something in your heart right now where you're thinking, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. I need to know this person called Jesus. If that's you this morning, you've never had that relationship with Jesus before. You've never had that connection, but there's something in you this morning that's looking for that. I want to ask you just to slip your hand up, just so we know who we're praying for. Because we're going to include you in a prayer. Yeah, it's great, mate. It's great. Who else this morning? Who else this morning? We want to connect with Jesus. It's great. Father, I want to thank you for your blessing and favour on restoring us and healing us and, and getting us back on track with what you have in store for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we're going to pray this prayer together. And as we do, just be believing that the words that you're speaking right now are making a way for God to move in your life. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I'll follow you. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. I hope you walk out of here feeling encouraged and blessed. And uh, just to tell us a little bit more about uh, how we can keep our journey going is... Uh, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> right. Can we thank Pastor Dean?